Hey guys, welcome to another episode of The Spectacular Now, a podcast for spooky-loving freaks, brought to you by some spooky-loving freaks. I'm Kenzie, here with Nicole and Denise, continuing our discussion of all things paranormal, extraterrestrial, and unexplained. I'll be guiding you through a new, recurring topic that I like to call Creature Feature. For each episode of Creature Feature, we'll be talking about all kinds of monsters and strange creatures, new and old, well-known, and not-so-well-known. So sit back, curl up in a blankie, and sip on that pumpkin spice latte. Don't deny it. I know you drink it, too. It's time for our first ever Creature Feature! Woohoo! Today, we're diving into the world of cryptids. For those of you who are uninitiated, a cryptid, as defined by the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, is an animal such as Sasquatch or the Loch Ness Monster that has been claimed to exist but never proven to exist. I don't know about you guys, but I believe in Nessie with all my heart and aliens, of course. Can't forget those two. I really like to say Sasquatch. Sasquatch. That's just a fun word to say. Yeah. <laughs> Sasquatch. Is Sasquatch the same as Bigfoot or are they two different cryptids? Hmm. I've long pondered that. Also, Yeti. What's the difference? Well, isn't the, all kind isn't of the like Yeti the same? like. Is, is it, he also the abominable snowman? I don't know. I, he, like, I think of big, hairy. Right, maybe it depends on region. Yeah, you, you're yeah correct. region. We'll have to make a note of that and do a little study up on those three. What are the differences? I think all they all have in common. They're big, hairy, humanoid type yes. things. Yeah. So <laughs> Hard yeah. to find. They only exist in blurry photos. Right. Uh, so some other well-known cryptids include... Mothman, the Chupacabra, and of course, as we said, the Yeti. Cryptids, like those native to North America, have risen over the years from local myths, legends, and folklore, but are now also originating from the online horror community through artwork, video games, stories, and YouTube videos. One of the most popular and well-known of the internet-born cryptids of recent years is, of course, the Slenderman. So creepy. With a sordid history and immense following, Slendy will definitely be discussed in the near future. Uh, what do you guys know about cryptids, or are you familiar at all with the term? Uh, I feel like the term is relatively new for me. Yeah. I know it's been around for a while, but um, my kids definitely talk a lot about cryptids. So yeah, that's kind it's of a generational thing. It's a popular topic in our household. Yeah. But I feel like almost every region has a story or legend about some mythical beast. Mm. Um, have you heard of any here in the Great Lakes region? I have not. Hmm. We will have to look into that. Yeah. Make a note. Yeah. What are some of your favorite monsters or what creatures do you remember being popular or particularly scary from your childhood? Well, if you're talking about um, movies, uh, creatures yeah. and movies, for me, it definitely is the mummy. Oh. I was uh, eight years old visiting family in uh, Los Angeles our parents went out and we watched The Mummy and I was forever scared of any dragging feet that you hear. <laughs> I hear things in the attic all the time. For me, the first thing was The Mummy. That, yeah, I remember you telling us that story. <laughs> it was horrifying to hear about it too. I know. I was scared even as I got older. I became a mom. Still scared. Uh, I think for me growing up, of course, we always heard a lot about Nessie, Loch Ness Monster. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't. I wouldn't say more terrifying he was that wasn't like scary to me but what really did scare me 
uh, was I always heard about the abominable snowman. <laughs> I'm like, what does that even mean? Is it just some like hairy snow beast? It would make me think of, and I can't think of what it's called, but in Empire Strikes Back, in the beginning, when they're on Hoth, oh, that big white furry yes. creature that kidnaps Luke. I should know the name of this thing, but I can't think of what it is. Hanging upside down. Yes, by his that ankles. thing freaked me out. To me, as a kid, that was that in... was an abominable yeah. snowman. Yeah, but now you just don't hear him talked about a whole lot. So what is this thing? I don't know. Yeah, I so. don't know. Worth uh, some research for sure. Um, well, whenever I hear Nessie, I think of Napoleon Dynamite. He was doing his little his little science research. Yes. He's standing in front of his class talking about his little research project about Nessie. And it's just the way that he says it. He's, he's like, the scientists were going to use sticks of dynamite to blow Nessie out of the water. <laughs> that's, that's a very good, very good impersonation. <laughs> Thank you. I also remember him talking a lot about ligers. Yes. Was that from that too? Bread for their skills and magic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it, what is it? A lion and a tiger? Yeah. Okay. They do Which, exist. Yeah. They're real. I thought that was fake, but no, they that's are real. a real thing. Yep. Yeah. They like force them to copulate or something. Yeah. <laughs> They're, uh... Skills and magic, though, I'm debatable. Yeah. You know. Definitely. Yeah. I don't know about their <laughs> magical properties. <laughs> uh, well, for this first edition of Creature Feature, we'll be talking about the wonderfully weird and hella disturbing Siren Head. Siren Head is a humanoid monster standing at 40 feet tall, or approximately 12.2 meters, but a friends across the pond, and... <laughs> That was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> and everywhere else in the world, uh, its lanky skeleton is covered in gaunt, sickly skin with two sirens attached to a wooden post via wires for a head. Within the two siren speakers are human teeth and gums. Oh, no way. What purpose they serve other than to look completely grotesque and unsettling is beyond me. Emitting loudly from these speakers is an eerie, continuous broadcast of emergency signals, tornado sirens, and indistinguishable tones and voices. Siren Head is described as a manhunting stalker who roams the woods in search of his prey. So, so basically, uh, like me when I had PMS. <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> <laughs> well, who comes up with this shit, you ask? Siren Head was created by Canadian comic and horror artist Trevor Henderson. Henderson published his first piece featuring the monster to his Twitter account on August 18th, 2018. The post consisted of an image showing the monster standing imposingly on a hill in a graveyard with the following caption. Excuse me while I get into a little narration mode. She was on vacation with her husband and they were scoping out graveyards on the way, as you do, when she saw it. Rising out of the old cemetery, big as an old macabre telephone pole, was this some kind of bizarre art piece the authorities hadn't gotten wise to yet? Even as she stepped out of the car, the megaphones on its head screeched to life. Nine, eighteen, one, child, seventeen, remove, vile. A buzzing, doubled voice screamed random words at her. At this point, it jerked into motion, striding down the hill towards her. Oh my quote. god, what a nightmare. <laughs> Henderson's post garnered an overall positive response from fans, with many pointing out how disturbing Siren Head's long, gangly limbs were. In a subsequent tweet from the following day, Henderson stated, 
my thought process on this one. What if a number station was also a skeleton? See, this dude gets it. He knows what's up. We gotta spread the word about number stations. And we'll definitely be doing another episode about that in the future. I'd never heard of them before until you mentioned them. And you're like, Mom, Wait. have you heard of a number station? What? Now, what is a number station? Oh, I'm clueless. Kenzie is the expert. Okay, well, since we'll be talking about this in the future, and I'll talk about it for ages and ages, um, just like a brief overview of what a number station is. It is a mysterious... Uh, repeating broadcast there's all different kinds of them they usually contain odd tones or uh like notes like sometimes they contain like little musical clips sometimes it's like nursery rhymes like old like old recording so it sounds really weird and then it's usually paired with a string of like random numbers and sometimes they're in foreign languages like russian or german um or sometimes english and it's generated through like a like a voice machine like you plug the numbers in and then it spits out this really robotic sounding string of numbers and words and nobody really knows why they exist or what they were used for but they've been around for ages probably i want to say as early as the 40s could have been um but they kind of sprang up towards like 50s, 60s, 70s, you know, like when the Cold War was getting really hot. So the leading theory is that either they're still in use or they've just been abandoned, but they're still broadcasting, which is also kind of creepy. Um, yeah, like but from that where? They're, that they're like uh, spy broadcasts used to, like a spy in the field would have uh, like a field book or something, mm-hmm. and they would listen for the broadcast, they knew when to listen to it, and it would contain a message that they could decode with their little cipher thing that they had Mm -hmm. so that's kind of the leading theory about what they were used for it was a way to get messages to their agents in the field um, without being like super uh it was like more discreet Mm -hmm. you know so but still out there yeah you can still hear them today some of them are no longer broadcasting but people have recorded them over the years so you can look them up and uh, but they're they're really creepy. And, and how do you hear them? Just go Just online, online to yeah, certain source. Yeah, or YouTube. People post their recordings. I've I've listened and recorded some of my own. I mean, you know, listening to like a right. public access radio through the internet with a recording option, and you just got to know when to listen, and you can find them. What was it you got your license for a few years ago? I got my. Well, when this whole obsession started, I ended up getting my ham radio license, which I've never used and is going to expire soon. You should renew that. (laughs) I never use it. That, you know, but but isn't that that a way you can hear those too through ham radio? You don't need, well, yeah, it's it's shortwave broadcasts. Um, Sometimes, you know, depending on where you're at in the world, you can't hear everything. That's fascinating. You don't don't need a ham license to hop on the radio and listen to them that's true yeah very cool Mm -hmm. hey i passed that test uh by one point so yeah shows you how much i pay attention in those classes but you passed yeah that's true and you have a license (laughs) yeah and you have like a call number or something i do i'm not gonna say it because it's got my personal information attached to it but cool yeah Yeah. (laughs) all right (laughs) 
little nerd aside there. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, over the years, Henderson has gained quite the following himself with over 744,000 followers on Instagram and over 417,200 followers on Twitter. He continues to create works depicting his demon brainchild, Siren Head, along with his other monsters and terrifying creations, all in the name of art. As a protector of the art, I really wish there was more of a horror presence in the fine arts community. I think it's still kind of viewed as like a like a niche genre. Oh, you could lead that revolution. Oh, that would. Well, be... I think Henderson's already kind of done that, and I don't think he's the first. I don't think he's the first, nor will he be the last. Yeah. But you could join. True. True. Yes. Yeah, but I, you know, you don't hear about exhibits you know featuring prominent horror artists a whole lot or at least not up here you don't certain certain areas would definitely probably support that type of genre yeah like cities detroit i bet detroit or like la new york Mm -hmm. atlanta cities that have more like movie and tv like more of a production presence well and it's fairly new too Right? How far back does Slenderman go? Slenderman's probably within the last 10, 15 years. I mean, he's been around a while, but that's like the online side of the oh, horror. Okay. You know, he was, he was born of the internet, but horror, you know, horror films have existed for almost as long as films existed. Well, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before that, you know, books like The Eldritch Terrors by mm-hmm. a... T.S. Eliot. Oh. Is that right? Not T.S. Eliot. Yeah. Am I thinking of the right author? Oh, God. I'm going to we'll, sound like an idiot. We'll check on that. Someone. Whoever made the Eldritch Terrors. That guy. <laughs> Those are old. <laughs> I wonder what Henderson's inspiration was for Siren Head. Have you ever come across anything where he talks about, like, where he got the idea from? Um, He was, he was partially inspired by Slenderman, but I was also watching an interview that he did where um at the time he was also going through a bit of a number station infatuation okay and uh he wanted to incorporate that into some of his monster work so he he was already doing like you know weird creatures a lot of his work consists of um like they're real pictures maybe he's doctored them up a little bit to make them you know like Mm -hmm. darker or um he might add stuff to it but a lot of times it'll be real photos and then he, you know, paints in the creature, but he makes it look like it's cohesive, mm-hmm. you know, like it, the thing is actually there. Um, so a lot of it looks like if you were exploring like an abandoned place or you're out by yourself at night mm-hmm. and you're taking pictures and then, you know, you look back and you see this creepy mm-hmm. creature staring yeah. at you or it's off in the distance, you know, a lot of his work consists of that. So he took that and then kind of made... This monster that blared out a number station at you uh, mm-hmm. just because of his infatuation with it at the time. So does it have the capability of harming you? Yeah. With it's, the, it stalks you. With and, and does it like kill you with the decibels of the uh, sirens that come out of its No, I think it just like head? attacks you with its claws. Oh, and, like, okay. All right. I don't know if it, I don't think it can eat you. It just wants to kill you. Okay. So it's like catches you off guard with this blaring sound. Yeah, well, so you, it's you hear torturing it. You. you hear it from afar. He just kind of stalks in the woods, 
And you know, if you happen upon him oh. and he notices you, he's coming after you. Right. As it's, it is it's getting so louder. Creepy. Yeah. So creepy. Yeah. When it's getting louder, you know it's getting closer. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. That's, that is terrifying. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, you know, I can almost see like a traveling art exhibit with all this macabre art, mm-hmm. you know, with, uh, with this. I really could. Yeah. I think it would draw people to our art museum and... Oh, yeah. People love weird stuff. Oh, I mean, they do like yeah, Here we are stuff. talking about weird stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't get enough of we it. We love it. No. <laughs> um, so the first time that I came across this cryptid was in a YouTube video featuring Siren Head uh, in a mod for Fallout 4, a post-apocalyptic open-world first-person shooter game created by Bethesda Studios. And I actually wanted to show you guys this video, which I think really captures the creepiness and like the fear of what it would be like to encounter this guy in the real world. Um, and this video was uploaded by the channel Arctag, A-R-K-T-A-G, on January 27th, 2020. What is he doing? He's attacking another uh, monster. <laughs> That's a number station that's playing right now. Mm. So he got too close, now it's stacking him. It's coming for him. Oh, Oh, it's right there. Oh, he's getting him. He's getting him. He's not gonna make it. Mm-hmm. He's going down. Oh. Nope. Mm. He did. <laughs> so, Kenz, I know you like to play these uh, these Fallout 4 <laughs> yeah. or these Fallout games. <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking about it. It's just kind of like training for what the world is gonna be like in 20 years. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be really prepared, yeah. especially yeah, if Siren Head shows up. <laughs> In case you were wondering, two of the last sound clips heard from Siren Head in the video are actual real-life number stations, which I'm super stoked to talk about in an upcoming episode. Seriously, I could talk about number stations all day long if you let me, and I can't wait to share with you my uh, long-held obsession. Yep, I've got The Exorcist. You've got number stations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've Mom, got the you're mummy. obsessed. <laughs> yeah, and you've got the mummy. <laughs> Um, so, you know, when I had seen this video about the mod, I had no idea about the original lore behind it, um, nor did I know the cryptid was first created by an artist. The game mod in question allows for Siren Head to spawn into the world of the game and acts as an enemy that will attack the player if it gets near, all while blaring its cacophony? Cacophony? Yes. Yeah, okay. 
cacophony of unsettling sounds. The creature seems like it would fit well within the canon of the game, as the world of Fallout is known for its catalog of horrifying and sometimes disgustingly mutated creatures caused from the nuclear fallout. Topic, I think, worth delving into for another time. I'd love to talk about all the monsters in the Fallout world, because they're creepy as hell. Oh, yeah. They're gross. And Fallout just reminds me of the Cold War. Yes. Which... A lot of big themes. Yeah. Frightening. Except, you know, in that world, in the world of Fallout, they actually did pull the trigger on each other. So, But instead of it being between the U.S. and Russia, primarily... It's between the U.S. and China. Oh, another possibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't we all just get along? Have, have you ever played <laughs> Fallout, Nikki? No, I've watched Kenzie play it, though. Yeah, I'm a watcher, mm-hmm. not a player. Those, the apocalyptic theme is, is very unsettling for me because yeah. it just seems like it, it could be such a, a reality. So I don't know if I would like to play those. Yeah. I'll stick with The Sims. I was going to say Sims. <laughs> I'll stick with house. finding different ways to murder my Sims. <laughs> yes. That's what I like Set to do. Fire. I don't yes. like apocalypse and zombies and that kind of death. <laughs> I prefer to murder my Sims. Something that could really happen. Right. <laughs> yes. Real life. Yes. <laughs> Invite your neighbors over, lock them in a room, delete the doors. The and windows light off uh, fireworks. fireworks inside and watch as they burn. That was one of our favorites. Yeah, yeah. That was the first thing we did when we got the Sims. Was murder them. Yeah, yeah. Or you put them in. They go swimming and you take all the ladders out. Yeah, and, they, and they can't get out. They keep swimming until they drown and go to the bottom. Yeah, because the they get tired. Yep. And then oh, when they get, so when they don't sad. sleep, they yeah. they drown. Or you make them cook like a four course dinner without any cooking skills. Yeah. And they set the house on fire. Yeah. And yep. <laughs> Your sin has died. It's one of America's we're favorite pastimes. Man, and I always thought it was totally a morbid. Nice game you were playing. Yeah, <laughs> we can do anything in that game, and we choose uh, murder. Uh, yeah, I gotta play that. I miss that. <laughs> uh, so back to the mod. Siren Head is included as one of the monsters featured in the mod Whispering Hills, which was created by user Manga Club on the site modb.com. That's M-O-D-D-B.com, and it was released in 2019. The mod is described as a Silent Hill overhaul for the game, which also adds new quests, new types of weather, and environmental elements, and I believe music, but I'm not too certain. All of which were pulled from, directly, or inspired by the Silent Hill game franchise by Konami, which is perfect for those who really want to up the horror factor on their Fallout 4 playthrough. Silent Hill... I'm familiar with the movie. I've never played the game. Mm-hmm. And I know that it was inspired by a real place in Pennsylvania, I believe. The city that's mm-hmm. got the underground. It's not in Ohio? I thought it was Pennsylvania. Maybe it is Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the movie. But it's a city where... The mines are on fire underneath. Yes. There was like some type of explosion. And whatever it was that they were mining for or whatever they were using mm-hmm. kept the fire burning. And that was... Forever ago. Still burning to it's this still day. still burning. Oh. It's a ghost town. Yeah. And there, I think there are some people that still live there, but now it's become kind of a tourist attraction. And they don't like it when people go. Yeah. I did read that. I'm like, oh, I really wanted to go. Yeah. And there's see the still inspiration a fire. For Silent yep, Hill. It's yeah, still it's still burning. burning underground. You can oh see the God. smoke Smoke the comes ash. up. Oh, so And there's like pits gnarly. in the ground where you can see the fire below. And it's, but yeah, that was the real life inspiration for Silent Hill. Which was a video game first, correct? Yes. And what is the premise of the game? I honestly 
don't know. I know that... I really enjoyed the movie. Yeah. It was... The movies are a little bit different. Very um, strange. But... It had a good creep factor Yeah, in the game, you play as like a police officer or you're working with a police officer and you're trying to solve some case or somebody goes missing and you get to this town and you're looking for them, but then you become stuck. So it's not like a post-nuclear war type game? No. I might be able to play Silent Hill then. It is really scary though. It's really scary? Yeah. I like scary. I love scary. I love to be scared. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, it's just... It's not post-apocalyptic or anything. It's not like the whole world is like that. Okay. Um, you just happen upon this little town in the middle of nowhere that nobody really knows about, and then you realize slowly over time that, you know, stuff's wrong. Oh, we're going to play that. There's monsters everywhere. Have you ever played it? No. Okay, we're going to play it, and we'll have a show about that. Okay. <laughs> we'll get back to you. <laughs> um, so speaking of games... Siren Head is the titular star of his own video game created by Modus Interactive and is released in October of 2018. A player assumes the role of a forest ranger who must find out what happened to a missing hiker. Along the way, you realize that you are not alone in the woods and that you must escape the clutches of Siren Head while completing your quest. Another game, Siren Head Awakening, was published in October of 2020 by Prisma Games, which has the player awaken in a dark forest with nothing but a flashlight. The player must search the forest for items, and I think journal entries, you find these paper items along the way, um, and that's to help you escape all while evading the monster, and this reminds me a lot of the very first Slenderman game that came out, um, so there's a lot of parallels there between Slenderman and Siren Head, because in the first Slenderman game, you're looking for pages, like, that's your objective, is you have to get, there's like seven or eight of them, mm-hmm. um, and then you have to get those before you can, I think, escape the forest. But Stark, you've got a flashlight, and then you notice something off in the distance, and he gets closer and closer, and he's just following you the whole time. So that's, that's really similar to how a lot of the Siren Head games are. And there's there's tons of them. These are just two of many others available to play, um, with each kind of adding a little little more to the Siren Head mystery. Yeah, we got to play these games. Yeah. I need to. I need more ways to get my my norepinephrine fixed, than, <laughs> other than just horror movies, watching them alone at night. I think, and then the I'm too scared. Yeah, I'm too scared to go to bed. Yeah, with the lights off, and I wake. I'll wake Jeff up. I'm scared. <laughs> Why do you watch those? <laughs> well, it just amazes me that people that you know watch these things or play these games don't have nightmares every night. Right. I mean, well, maybe they do, but <laughs> well, it's I, the I think, yeah, it attracts That'd be a, a good study kind of how, how it affects your personality. Let's yeah, playing these games. I don't know. But, I mean, you know, games I played, Frogger, Pong. Pong. <laughs> <Right>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Frogger definitely taught me, reminded me to look both ways when I crossed <laughs> the street. <laughs> Pong. <laughs> A really, really challenging game of ping. It's like playing ping pong off the walls. Yeah, which it was. would be fun and awesome, actually. <laughs> <laughs> or Pitfall. I'm Pitfall. Not with Pitfall. So these are some of the earliest Atari games. Yeah, oh, it was Atari when we had Atari back in the early '80s, and I loved Pitfall, and it further reinforced my fear. That someday I was going to have to swing on vines to escape from things. (laughs) 
or that I was going to come across an absurdly high amount of quicksand. So this was we all have these fears, children. Yes, right. I mean, these are rational. You're going to come across a lot of quicksand when yeah. you grow up. So we prepared on how to deal with it. Right. Oh God. Um, see, when I was a kid, the game to play was a uh, pinball on the computer. Oh. Did, was that one of those pre-installed yes, games? Yes, PC game. And Pac-Man, that was before you too, right? Oh, yeah, that's, that is yeah. the early 80s. It's thing. like so, the first arcade game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Maybe we had, more? oh, right, no. We had family that had the Miss Pac-Man arcade game. Yeah. Which I would love to have a collection of those original arcade yeah. games. That but, would be but fun. Again, with their cabinets. These yeah. are games that don't give you nightmares. No. No, they're nice. Nice games. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there are some people who are terrified of the idea of a giant yellow circle trying to eat them. Oh. <laughs> right. Sure. Yeah. True. You know, yeah. Things manifest in strange ways in your dreams. The boys are, the boys, my kids, are obsessed with the alien game that... They have at the very tiny arcade at the local movie theater. And whenever we go see a movie, they're like, oh, can we play? Can we go? I mean, it's really gross. Uh. But they love it and they want to play it. And it's like, yeah, you're shooting aliens. It's like lots of uh. guts and blood. And yeah, I let them play it because, you know, because <laughs> I'm the world's best mom. Yeah. No, I'm the world's okayest mom. <laughs> <laughs> Not only do I appreciate such a unique and terrifying creature, but I love that the original lore, um, you know, created by Henderson was so sparse that there was so much mystery surrounding it when it was first introduced because having such a a vague backstory really allows for fans to add to the story and create their own based on their own interpretations. And it really goes to show you how people will pour their imagination and energy into something they find cool and it just keeps going and going until you get this huge following uh you know the lore videos the game mods the fan art and even fan fiction and i'm not just talking about little short horror stories that people write like people are into some weird shit is this a uh, creepy pasta no oh okay are, there's other places what is creepy pasta yeah. the kids talk about it I don't even know. The kids. Really. I sound like I'm really old. The kids talk about creepy like... pasta. <laughs> <laughs> Is that where Slenderman originate originated? I honestly don't know the origins. Creepy pasta was something that I didn't really get into as like a teen when it was first becoming a thing online. So I can't really talk okay. about it. I guess it'd be worth looking into, but I possibly I'm sure there is, but um, and I'm talking about like fan fiction where people just like write stories. About, okay. Usually it's about like a, a character from a movie or a TV show that they like more, more often than not fictional. Okay. Although some people was just kind of like, eh, you know, ethics wise about writing fan fiction about people who like real people, mm-hmm. um, who have like big followings, like, you know, YouTube stars and stuff like that. People mm. write fan fiction about them and a lot of the time it's like, self-insert or because they have like a fantasy of wanting to be part of it so they put themselves yeah or it's like so fan fiction could be like about anything anything really um and it you know usually it's to 
if you didn't like how something ended, mm-hmm. um, like say you didn't like how the Star Wars franchise ended, and you uh, want to rewrite like it, the seven, eight, and nine. Yeah, one. so you're mm. like, mm, we're just gonna throw this cannon out the window. We did and... talk quite a bit about that, how it could have ended. Yeah, um, yeah. So then you're like, well, I'm gonna write my own story. Maybe I'll change these characters up a bit, and I'm just gonna write it. And you know, people spend so much time creating their own stories their own version of what they would have liked to have happened and then they post it online and yeah and people you know can look for that and enjoy it also if they feel the same way but then a lot of times fan fiction uh gets into like the world of erotica and (laughs) there's something for everybody out there yeah um Including siren heads. So, you know, people like will write... Like erotic stories that involve yes, siren heads? people will write erotic about I'm, I'm anything. I'm trying to imagine anything. that. Anything. Wow. Yeah. I can't. Wow. I can't imagine it. There is. But now I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any, other, any other thoughts about siren head? Well, I guess more about... So cryptids in general, it's a combination of folklore, regional folklore... Yes, there's a cryptid stories that told over time that way, or they could be created. Yes, by you know, as you said on the internet or artist yes. inspiration through various means. Oh, I like that. So it's kind of an all inclusive. Yeah, like there needs to be a cryptid about, and then you can. I like that flexibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but or, we will be talking about some more um, cryptids that have been inspired by folklore. Yes, real life cryptids. Real life cryptids, yes, definitely. The abominable snowman. Yeah. Here we go. Slash we slash Sasquatch slash Bigfoot. Right. I want to know more. We just came full circle. We did. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you so much for joining us on our first ever creature feature. Tell us what you think or share your own siren head insights at spectacularnowpodcast at gmail.com. And please rate our podcast. If you leave a good review, we may feature yours in a future episode. So you can find us on Twitter at Spooktacular Now or on Instagram at The Spooktacular Now. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys soon. Bye. Have a good one. (laughs) Do you want to redo that? Motherfuckers. <laughs> Adios, amigos. Adios, <laughs> <Auf> Zane. <Wiedersehen. laughs> Bye for now. <laughs>